it's over. They're all gone. Frank, it's time. It's time you say what happened. <sighs> Frank, I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino. Better watch, there's a lot of tough guys around here. Did he tell you? I'm not afraid of tough guys, are you? Yeah. I didn't think so. Hello there, and welcome to Out of Theaters, the podcast that reviews the movies of yesteryear, this year. My name is Billy Culpa, and I'm here with my good friend and film critic, Will Pfeiffer. Will, hello there. Hi, Billy. This week's featured movie is 2019's The Irishman, but first, Will, have you seen any good movies lately? You know, I've seen a movie that you and I both would agree is not just good, but great, and I saw it on a brand new Blu-ray set, limited edition box set that I want to recommend to the listeners and not specifically to you because I know you will never buy a Blu-ray or I feel DVD. attacked. So this whole segment exists so you can talk about cool movies and you're you're using it as a weapon I am. to attack me for your terrible I practices. I am a bit. But I believe you will agree this is a cool movie. And this movie is RoboCop. Oh, RoboCop. RoboCop, which Ro- we covered on the old version of the show. At some point. I don't know, man. You know, if you really look back at what we've done, we've done about, I think, 80 episodes and I know we talk about the same, like, 12 movies over and over again. RoboCop's one of the all-timers, though. And it's a great movie. It's it, shockingly good. It really is. It came out in 1987. Um, it's a, you know, and when it came out, I think people were like, it's a movie called RoboCop, and it's about yeah, a cop a, that's a robot. That's a terrible title. How stupid title. could it be? <laughs> yeah. But it's great. It's smart. It's funny. It's insanely violent. It's, it's like, like a great satire. Yes, it is like you, except for, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> But it's it's great, and I've uh, I've owned it on DVD before, but it was an old uh, old DVD and Arrow Video, which is a company um, that puts out movies for nerds like me <laughs> for children <laughs> for well no not for children, <laughs> but they put out they put out a couple years ago a beautiful box set edition of The Apartment, which as I've said before is my all time favorite movie, and this time they put out RoboCop, another comedy, but uh, I just want to quickly give you some sample of the features. I, and this is sort of a Christmas gift. If you have a, a, a somebody on your Santa's list that loves RoboCop, go and order this. Make sure you order the Arrow Limited Edition because it comes in a beautiful little box with a... And this is stuff that doesn't really matter. It comes with a book and a poster and like fake lobby cards. If they're over, or I should say if they're under the age of 50, you should also make sure they have a Blu-ray player. Yes, it is a Blu-ray and it is not a DVD. So, yes. But... And I know Billy is shaking his head in disdain, but trust me, this thing is beautiful. I'm holding up, Billy can see it, but you people cannot, a list of everything in it, and it's in like one point type, and it still barely fits on a on a sheet. <laughs> it's, it's funny because the, the descriptor, so this is what, like a five by nine yeah, maybe card? Yeah, if that, if yeah. that, yeah. And the descriptor on the back that describes the movie is maybe 6.5, but then you get to like- <laughs> Oh, the, I don't think it's six. Oh, you mean the top stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to like the actual paragraph, and that's like four point. And then you get to like the the like the who starred in the movie, the thing at the bottom of the movie poster, and that it's unreadable. Yeah, it's just it's unreadable. A line. I'm holding it 
and I'm taking my glasses off because I'm an old man. Yeah. But uh, I will say it has three separate cuts of the movie. Has a theatrical cut that we all saw in theaters. Has a director's cut where they put back in all this crazy violence that they had to take out. I would love out. to see that. It's very, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's a lot during the scene when the Ed 209 shoots the guy. Sure. And it's a lot during the scene when Murphy gets shot. They, those two scenes. But boy, they, they, they made those cut those for the, for the rating, right? Yeah, they would have gotten an X otherwise. That movie... I'll get it like an NC-17 already. Yeah. There was no NC-17 when it came out. Right. So they had to sneak it by with an R because they weren't going to give it an X. What's the movie that created NC-17? I don't know what created it, but I know one of the first movies that had it was a movie called Henry and June, which was a, a very artsy-fartsy sort of movie that had a few... Scenes of a lesbian love affair. If you watch it now, oh, I'm sure, sure you so would like, think there's virtually nothing to it. It starred Uma Thurman and Fred Ward. Um, it is it is the first movie to receive it. Yeah, you're right. 19, it's a... 1990 would it have been? Yeah, October 5th, 1990. Because believe me, I went out and saw it because I wanted to see the first <laughs> NC-17 movie released. And there still aren't many NC-17 I was movies. Seven. Theaters. Well, you should have gone out to see. Let's show a little dedication. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure if it was possible, my parents would have shown it to me. <laughs> I don't think. You know, the thing is, I barely remember it. It was very, you know, highfalutin and everything. Yeah, Unlike yeah. RoboCop, which is, you know, is a very smart movie, but it is it's damned fun. So you get those. Oh, the third cut is uh, just, and this is actually almost put on as a joke, but it is there. It's the TV cut. So it cut out all the swearing, cut out all the violence. There's not really any sex. I mean, There's to be fair, I mean, it is kind of a joke, but it is a kind of thing where, like, you you are a responsible parent who questions whether or not you Oh, I'll show Ali RoboCop uncut. Uh, sure. <laughs> and she's old enough where it's fine, yeah. right? But maybe three years ago, you would have thought sure. about it. And maybe you would have shown her the kids' yeah. version. You maybe. Know? And it's never, I don't know. I mean, I guess kids. It's still, a, you know, pretty crazy yeah. movie. But um, they do have, like, a built-in feature that shows you the comparisons of scenes so you can you know it's, it's almost more interesting for that what did they cut how did they change you know the many many instances of profanity in that movie that sort of thing <laughs> we also there's multiple commentary tracks with paul you're Verhoeven. still reading features i am oh, oh my god i'll be i'm, I'm just gonna skim it because if i read all these it would be three <laughs> episodes of this show there's um all kinds of commentary tracks there's all kinds of little short documentary features on the acting on the special effects on the stop motion there's deleted scenes there's uh, uh raw dailies from the filming of the unrated gore scenes there's trailers and TV spots, <laughs> image galleries, uh, 2012 Q&A with the filmmakers. Um, it's loaded. I mean, yeah. it'll take days to watch all this stuff. <laughs> but I will say this, um, and then I'll finish talking about RoboCop, a movie we should all love. Um, just to kind of see what the new high-def image looked like, you know, I popped it in, and I immediately got sucked in. RoboCop works so well you know, it introduces, it starts off with the fake newscasts, which leads you into the police strike, which leads you to, like, you know, showing how dire it is for the cops. And then you see the you cut to OCP, which is the evil corporation, where they put the Ed 209 robot that accidentally kills the one executive. There's like a, I'm not going to say this is a secret plot line, but there's there's an undercurrent where, um, who who's the, who's the co guy? Who's the guy? Mike Ferreira? Uh, Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer, who's great and who died. He is, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he died. He was on Twin Peaks. He just died a few years ago. Right. That he's fantastic in RoboCop. He is. He's he has this one little liner where it's like we've recruited a number of suitable candidates for, exactly. the, Ro for the RoboCop program. Meaning Murphy is set up to die. To die. He yeah. They're, wait for they're the putting them into the worst precinct on purpose. Right. Exactly. And you're right. They, it's very subtle. See, that's this movie. It's, that is bleak and amazing. It is bleak. 
And he and you sort of like he's supposed to be the guy you kind of like more than Dick Jones played by Ronnie Cox because he's like the really yeah. evil guy. Dick Jones is a boring evil henchman. Like he's you know he's but not- he's but you know here's one thing I'll say is because McGill Fur is great. Ronnie Cox is great. Kerwood Smith, who plays Clarence Bodiger, <laughs> is great. he is an all time great villain. Foreman, right? What's his what's his uh, what's the real name? Red from? Foreman. Red from, Foreman. Yeah, <laughs> he was on that '70s show. All the gang members are great. Yeah, Murphy's great. Um, his partner's great. Lewis, she's great. Murphy's boring. Well, she's, but she's well, okay. But she's wait, boring. That's Lewis. Murphy is. Oh, Robocop. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jesus. No, yeah, but Lewis. she. But here's what I like about her is there's no romance. A lesser movie would have them. You know, some kind of weird romance thing going on. Can you tell me anything about her personality at all? She does. But <laughs> I will agree. She's. It's not like a complex personality. But this is a movie that doesn't muck around with that stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yep. It's very streamlined. I don't. I don't want to be in a position where I'm bad mouthing. No, Robocop. because nobody. Robocop is a Robocop. profoundly good movie. It's it's great, and it ends like it has a great ending. It's funny. It's exciting. How do you think? I don't. I work. I'm extending this conversation too long, but how, you know, it's funny. I was just kind of repeating what I said in my head. Robocop is a profoundly good movie. What if you would introduce this movie to like? The, the more like highfalutin kind of directors from, you know, classic cinema. What if Orson Welles saw Robocop or, 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 uh, uh your, uh, Sidney LeMay or any, any of these, if they I had seen, I mean, what, what would they think? Somebody like Sidney LeMay, I think may, I mean, who knows what Welles would say? Wells would be thinking about Wells because yeah, he yeah, fair enough. Himself, and I don't Sidney really care LeMay, about the person. I'm just, he made a lot examples. of down and dirty kind of movies. I mean, his last movie, like we talked about was things or um, not things, uh, before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which is a like a nasty crime movie, violent and yeah. kind of mean. I think, you know, this is a, if you I think most critics and people looking back on Robocop think it was really I, it's I, a good movie. I'm not even judging or questioning. I, a lot of this podcast is me trying to get a sense of your taste sure. and, and sort of what's allowable and what's not. For instance, last week you talked about um, that movie, John Waters movie. Polyester. Polyester. And you talked about how you thought the like the number corresponding on the screen to the scratch and if that that entertained you so much. It did. Like, it's so simple and stupid, but and somehow clever. I, I think that like putting that in the Will likes this next to the apartment Will likes this, those that that seems insane. I hear you. And Robocop in that little mis- mishmash. I but the thing is, I don't disagree. No, you know, I, the apartment and Robocop both kick ass. I agree. And I think Here's what I think, and real. This almost gets at the heart of what I think about movies. We're talking I'm, so fast, we sound like a bunch of coked up uh, gang members. Well, that well, we sound like Miguel when <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, I know, throwing the saying. coke off the hooker's chest before Bitches Claire's walking. Oh, <laughs> it's Claire's Bodiger is so such a great villain. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so funny. He's so funny. That part when he finally, after he and Ronnie Cox have that big fight, and he calls because he keeps calling him Dick all the time, Dick Jones, and he goes Richard. That's <laughs> so good. But what I was gonna say is, I think, um, you know, if you look at the movies that are up for Oscars and win Oscars every year, um, I think a lot of times those, for whatever reasons, don't stand the test of time. But I think a lot of times movies like comedies or horror movies or movies like RoboCop that are sort of different and interesting, those, you know, people, you know, they've released this giant box set for RoboCop for some reason. I was just looking at the Academy Awards that were awarded in 88. RoboCop came out in 87. So it would have been... There's no way this was a good year for anything, right? Well, I'm trying to think what good things happened in the world in 1987. There couldn't be that much. I I was in college. I wasn't paying any attention (laughs) to anything. The Untouchables. 
Moonstruck. Untouchables is uh, Kevin um, Field Sean, of Dreams. Kevin um, Costner. Costner. I was yeah, like, Kevin Sean, Bacon, no. A perfectly fine movie. Sure. Moonstruck. Again, a perfectly fine movie. A romantic drama kind of thing. Wall Street, a perfectly fine movie. But, but I mean. That's the year Cher won an Oscar. Well, I'm not going to badmouth Moonstruck. It's not trying to be RoboCop, so yeah, it's a perfectly yeah, yeah, fine yeah, yeah. movie. But here, oh, Broadcast News came out that year. Oh, okay. Which we oh, you're right, you're right. Show. Oh, yeah. Broadcast News is good. It is good. So, but your, your point is? My point is that a lot of times it's, I have a friend who like every year when the Academy Awards are announced, he makes a point to go see all of them. I have a lot of friends who do that. And I used to do that, and I stopped doing it. <laughs> because for one, I don't really have time. And you two, don't have time. I don't have time. Well, but because another, rarely are my favorite movies of the year that. Like, I'm looking at my favorite movies for this past year, and some of them are like Us or Midsummer or other movies that, you know, uh, well, Quentin's movie will probably get a nomination. But these yep. are movies that, you know, I think it's the genre movies that stand the test of time a lot better, usually, than your straight dramas, which is what always goes up for Oscar. So, Robocop, it's great. This Arrow DVD is what it always deserved. Go buy it. Support. It's a smaller video company. Support them. It's great. And with that, let's talk about this week's featured movie. A bit of a change of pace for us. 2019's The Irishman. When I was young, I, I thought house painters painted houses. <laughs> what did I know? I was a working guy, a business agent for Teamster Local 107 out of South Philly. One of a thousand working stiffs until I wasn't no more. And then I started painting houses myself. That's right. Technically out of theaters because it had a brief theatrical run, but it was it was made for Netflix, financed by Netflix. So now it's on Netflix. I feel strongly that this movie is inbounds. Yeah, it completely is inbounds. Yeah, Plus, as you said, everyone else is talking about it. We should be talking about the it. The entire world is talking about this movie. And it's not just a movie that's, you know, for its for its own merits. It's it's about we're talking about sort of the format, the way mm-hmm. it was released, the way it was delayed specifically for Thanksgiving. Right. The the some of the the making of, the some special effects that are in it. And you don't think of Scorsese is a big special effects guy. And it's directed by Martin Scorsese, who's one of the legendary directors, I think. Obviously, we're gonna get into a lot of details and nitty-gritty on this movie. Um this one isn't gonna you know, it's all spoilers, obviously. Yeah, it's all spoilers. So if you want to watch it, you can watch it right now. Yeah, actually, you can watch it now because the movie's seven hours long. So we'll just make this podcast <laughs> eight and a half. You can just squeeze the movie right in the middle of it. It'll be it's, fine. It's three plus. And there is a, if you keep watching, there's a little roundtable discussion at the end. I don't know if you watch it. <laughs> there is. I did. <laughs> uh, so there's there's one um one point I want to make outside of the movie and then we'll get into it. Okay. It's interesting. I've heard this idea that we're reverting to a... Like a, uh, the movie theaters control, I'm sorry, the, the movie companies control the movie houses. Well, which is how it used to be right. until the Supreme Court broke that up. So, But we're getting back to that. It seems like we are getting back Isn't to that. Isn't that interesting? It is, because it, it was broken up on the grounds that it was a monopoly. So you have The Irishman produced by, is it produced by Netflix? It's financed by Netflix, financed which by is Netflix. the same thing. You yeah, know, I mean. so they're making their own movie, showing it on their own platform. Mm-hmm. And I guess technically because they released it in 
you know, other third-party theaters. It's up for... I think they did that both because Scorsese is a big theater guy, and plus, then it gets its qualifying run for Academy Awards. Right. And clearly, this movie is should be in the discussion, at least for Academy Awards. So, we'll kick it off. Tell me about 2019's The Irishman. Okay, 2019's The Irishman. Um, it is a long, epic movie, but to simplify it, um, it is all... It's the story of a guy named Frank Sheeran, who was a World War II veteran, and he worked as a... Uh, a hitman for the mafia and also as sort of a bodyguard slash friend for Jimmy Hoffa, the legendary Teamsters labor chief, who famously went missing in 1975. Now, there's been some... Sheeran, um, I don't know, I don't think he wrote the book, but his interview was the basis of a book came out a few years ago called I Heard You Paint Houses. Um, there's a lot of dispute about... Accuracy. About accuracy. He claims that he's the guy who killed Jimmy Hoffa, which, you know, and, and to younger generations, you might not know this, but Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance is one of the sort of great mysteries. Like, nobody's sure whatever happened to him, who killed him, or if he in fact died, where his body is, all that stuff. He was a hugely famous person, and he just vanished in 1975. Now, Sheeran claims he killed him. The movie is sort of the story of all the misdeeds of Sheeran's life. Leading up to that and then sort of going past that. So you have Sheeran, who's played by De Niro. You have Hoffa, who's played by Pacino. The other main character is a uh, a mobster named uh, Russell Buffalino, who's played by Joe Pesci. That's a terrible name. It's his real name. I know, these are it's real an people. Italian name. Yeah, yeah, these are real names. <laughs> Sheeran is, of course, the Irishman of the title, even though De Niro is not Irish. He played yeah. an Irishman in Goodfellas, too, or at least half Irish. Yeah, he's uh, he's Italian. Is LaMotta Italian? Uh, LaMotta might have been Italian. I don't I, I But Travis Bickle wasn't Italian. My whole goal think. is to make everybody scream at me during podcasts. <laughs> yes. He's an Irish. I, of course he's Irish. But in Goodfellas, part of the point was he was, I think, half Irish, half Italian, and he couldn't get into the mob because... Get in the mob, you gotta be all Italian. Oh, I didn't. I guess I didn't pick up on that. Jimmy Conway is his character. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all, all I remember, I mean, not to that's why he here. doesn't get made guy. And we're getting off. Track, yeah, all, all I remember is at the end when he's like telling some, Ray Liotta's wife to like go down <gasps> the alley, and you're like, oh my god, like, such a good movie. And you know, a lot of people, the Goodfellas, uh, people are thinking, oh, this is gonna be like Goodfellas because you have De Niro and you have Joe Pesci, who has not made a movie in a long time. Won an Oscar for Goodfellas for playing Tommy, a crazy, violent, live wire sort of mobster. And in this movie, uh, Buffalino, who Pesci plays, is the exact opposite. He's obviously a very powerful man, very powerful mobster, but he doesn't have to be yelling and screaming. He's very calm, very sort of precise in his movements. He's just a little old man kind of a thing. Yeah. He is very Joe Pesci's mm -hmm. like four eleven. Like yeah, he's, he's a, a small guy. guy. He is a little guy. <laughs> and then um, so the movie traces from the the fifties when De Niro meets Buffalino and then eventually meets Hoffa and sort of Hoffa's tenuous relationship with the mob because there's always some debate on how much the Teamsters were involved with the mob. They loaned them a lot of money out of the pension fund to help build their casinos in Vegas, and the Teamsters sort of like to see, or the, I'm sorry, the mob like to see the Teamsters as sort of a, you know, revolving door bank account that they could always get money from. There's debate as to how much Hoffa liked, how, how much Hoffa approved of that and how much he bristled against it. And he and the mob are in conflict throughout, which is what leads to De Niro, spoiler, killing Hoffa toward the end of the movie. Right. That's sort of the plot. It, 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 it all is seen from the perspective of Sheeran when he's a very 
very old man, in fact, close to death in a nursing home. And so he's there, sort of telling There's sort story. of three plot threads. There's a trip to a wedding. To a wedding for which, Russell's cousin's daughter. Right. For, played by Ray Romano Ray from Romano's daughter. Raymond, Who's right. very good, by He's the really way. good. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard some, um, and this might be, I read The Ringer sometimes. This might just be like a Ringer tweet that I read or something. But I heard like there's a little bit of a... A call for a spinoff featuring that character. No, he's a mob lawyer. It'd interesting. Be, wouldn't it be really interesting? It would to be. Sort of I mean, follow yeah. that. I mean, it's a better call Saul trick, but you yeah. know. And the um, thing about this movie, real quick, is like parts of Goodfellas and like parts of Casino, Scorsese's other mob movies, is some of the most fascinating parts are sort of the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Like if you're going to kill someone, here's what you have to do. If you're going to steal sides of beef from a truck, here's how you do it and hide the crime. You know, it's all. It's all very, it's not as, Thelma Schoonmaker is Scorsese's longtime editor. And she told people when this was coming out, it's not Goodfellas. And it's not. It's not, there's violence, but it's not violent. It's slow and it's methodical. And it's a sort of a simple story of guys getting old. Yeah. yeah. Some of them not getting old. (laughs) There's the, the, (laughs) a lot of people not getting old. There's the, so there's the through line of this road trip from, and they actually literally show us on the map. We're going here, then we're going there, right. then we're these are the highways. They're going to Detroit. They're going from I think Philly to Detroit. It was going to take about three days with all the business breaks and cigarette stops, since Russell didn't allow nobody to smoke in the car. He he says Jimmy Blue Eyes and Maya Lansky convinced them to stop smoking when they were getting kicked out of their casinos in Cuba and getting shot at by Castro. I don't know. It might have been one of those, please, God, if I ever get out of this fucking thing alive, I'll never smoke again things, too. But I do know that from Castro on, Russ wouldn't allow nobody to smoke in this car. Taking the wives. As that drive goes, we just bounce throughout time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you pull back and the thing is bookended by De Niro being old. Right, right, right. Almost like in in a... Titanic or Forrest Gump or, yeah. you know. He's very old looking back and supposedly this is like when he's finally telling his story or right. something. But he's not really because yeah, he's kind of telling us. Yeah, he's telling us because specifically FBI agents come to him when he's in this old age home and say, you know, everyone's dead. You can but, tell your secrets now because yeah. there's nobody to retaliate. The only people that aren't dead are Hoffa's kids and they would like, why not just put their minds at peace? And he says, well, my lawyer says, and they're like, he's dead. Your lawyer died. He's dead. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I, I got to direct this to my attorney, Mr. Vergano. He, 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 if you just want to talk about Mr. Hoffa or, or any matter for that matter, I got not, nothing new to say. He's dead. Who's dead? Your attorney, Mr. Vergano. He's dead? Yeah. Who did it? Cancer. Everybody's dead, Mr. Sheeran. It's over. They're all gone. Russell, Angelo, Salerno, Pro, Dorfman, Sally Bugs, they're gone. Who are you protecting? You know who's not gone? Mr. Hoffa's family, his children. They're here, and they gotta live not knowing. Is there anything else we want to cover for ground rules here for just sort of setting up the table okay. before we start? One other thing it. I want to bring out so we can then discuss it is one of the controversial things about this is it takes place over, you know, from the 50s into I like believe, last year. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like the early 2000s, <laughs> yeah. mid, you know, a couple years ago. 
And De Niro plays Frank throughout. Pacino plays Hoffa throughout. Pesci plays Buffalino throughout. And they, you know, obviously these are fairly old men now. So they use digital special effects to de-age them for some of the earlier scenes. I for, read that for all the earlier that, scenes. That process was more than half the budget. I'm sure it was. It was uh, it cost a fortune. And um, I'm 180 million or 155 yeah. million, something to that effect. So there's that. This is an Avengers movie. It, well, it is special effects wise. Yeah, it is. And I mean, um, and you know, and, and we can talk about that. That's what some people have a problem with, and we can talk about how much it works, how much it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to get yeah. into that at one point. Okay, but that's the basic plot and setup. What do you think of this movie? I'll say this, um, and we'll get. I think there are problems with the special. I effects. like how you can't make any sentence without a uh, you couch it. Okay, and we'll okay. get into this. I'm just going to say but, it, and I've said this on Twitter. I love this movie. I've since Thanksgiving, I've watched it two and a half times. That's like ten years of your life. And just, I would have watched it three if I had like if. If we hadn't do the podcast now, <laughs> I'd be sitting home watching it. I found this movie, and I, you know, Goodfellas is one of my all-time favorite movies, but I just found it almost hypnotic, and it's so methodical, and it's just, it is long. It's yeah. a long movie where there are long stretches where nothing really dramatic happens, but I was- It doesn't matter. It's interesting. Though. It is, and yeah. I think the characters are great. I think Pesci gives a stunning performance. I mean, it's very low key, but there's scenes of him young. He just takes over the scene when he's in the, you know, any scene. There's a scene at the end. I don't know. Does he ever yell? In, I don't know if he raises his no, voice he doesn't. once in this whole But movie. you don't have to because yeah. you can almost feel the movie orbit around him. And the way they always, the way they talk about when they're pissed at Hoffa and they say things like, you know, you got to tell him it is what it is. Nobody ever says like, you're going to die. They'll be yeah. like, it is what it is. Yeah. People are saying, you don't know who they are, but you know. It's Tony. Well, they're all named Tony. You know which Tony. They all talk about Donald Trump. And I think, and De Niro, I've heard some people say De Niro gives kind of a, a performance, but I, the more I think about it, I really like his performance. I like Pacino's performance. And I think De Niro, there's a scene early or late on after De Niro kills Hoffa and he calls Hoffa's widow, not to confess, but it's, to basically, he because they're friends. It's he a feels, good scene. Yeah. And I think it's amazing acting because... De Niro's one of the all-time great actors. Whether he's been great in several years, I don't know. He's great in that scene. I really like this movie. I didn't love this movie. Um, I watched it for 40 minutes on a treadmill and then realized, oh, actually, this isn't the kind of movie I can watch at a treadmill five times or whatever. It does like, take some focus. Yeah, well, it's just... I liked it better yeah. than that. You know, like I used to, and I want to, let me not overstate my workout regimen here. <laughs> I work out like twice a, twice a month. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I decided last Monday, I want to, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do this, you know? So I, I sat on the treadmill and I, I, I set it for 30 minutes and then I watched 10 more minutes after I just was like, I'm just uh -huh. going to keep going. This is good. Wow. It was good for your yeah. exercise. All right. So then I was like, I came home and was like, I think I'm just going to start over. You know, so I watched, I started it over, yeah. I watched it from beginning to end, and then I watched the first, like, I don't know, 20 minutes uh, again uh -huh. in preparation for this podcast, and I gotta say, I threw my hands up and went, I'm not, I can't, it's too long, I don't wanna, I, I don't wanna prepare this much, I don't like right. it that much, okay. I like it. Okay, uh, but I, well, I mean, that's, that's fine. I like to start these with what I didn't like before, because we're gonna spend the rest of it, I mean, 95% of this is praise, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a good, it's really, it's a good movie, obviously, okay. it's a, obviously a good movie, uh, I, I looked this up when Robert, and this is, we're getting right into plot. 
the the meat cute here for Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Pesci, right? Is that a gas station that Pesci owns or, or finances? Or, or he owns the. They say he owns the, the highway. Street. He's <laughs> like he owns, he's in charge of all of it, so, right? Yeah. So, I, but you don't know. He's just there. So maybe he really does own it, or maybe he just makes somebody pay him kickbacks. I don't. know. I think yeah. I think it was probably kickbacks. But anyway, he's a powerful man. De Niro, that's when he, De Niro's, De Niro's just a got truck a timing belt problem in his truck. Doesn't know that. He just says he drives it. De Niro was supposed to be twenty four years old in that scene. Yeah. 24 years old. If you look at pictures of me, 24, I don't even look like the same person. Here, I let me just add this. That is, I wouldn't say I had a problem with the yeah. special effects because, I mean, I wasn't constantly distracted. Except the Nero's had these blue eyes that I thought were distracting. And yeah, um, I, um, 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 sorry, the mop, the Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Whatever they did to his eyes, too, were weird. Well, De Niro's really, like, kind of took me out a couple times. I was able, I've heard some people say, it looks like, you know, a cutscene from a video game. I didn't think it was that bad. My problem with that was I couldn't really tell how old the characters were supposed to be in these scenes, but I just sort of went with it. You know what? I found myself looking at the cars. I felt yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like the cars were put in scenes very purposely to let you know what era. It might have been. Oh, there's a lot of cars in this movie. Yeah, I mean, no, and, a, yeah. And, you know, but no, that's a, a good, good point. director puts a good attention. I to looked detail. for cues about. Okay, this is in the fifties. This must be, you know, there's a Kennedy's a big part of it, so you right. can tell. Okay, this is sixty-three. They, obviously, they kill the um the New York the Manhattan mob kid. He's he's the kid who's forty-one, by the way. The uh oh um sunglasses um, in the inside Gallo. guy. Yeah, um Joe Gallo. What year yeah. did he die? Uh, he died in. I'm googling this too. You'll hear my uh, clack. Seventy-two. You could absolutely see the like muscle car look. Right, right, around, right, right. Like that, and it was that that helped me because I was looking at De Niro going, I, I yeah. don't know how old this dude is. I know it is, and because he he's like in a nightclub and Rickles is performing. And you said it was Rickles. I didn't know it was Rickles, and but, they never say it's Rickles. I yeah. just know because I've I've I have a CD of Rickles mm-hmm. from that era, and he may, he Rickles always did this thing at the end. You know, Rickles is the insult comic. Yeah, and. He, it's so politically correct these days, but at the end he would always do this sincere thing about the Lord put us here to laugh. I make fun of everybody, and none of it means anything. And I'm, you know, I love everybody. And by Rick, by all accounts, Rickles actually felt this way. Yeah, yeah. He was a very weirdly considering Rickles, he was a <laughs> kind man. Like he very. I've heard this is going off topic, but just to praise Rickles for a little bit, I heard once he he was somebody blogged that toward the end of his career he was at a. This gay couple was at a, a nightclub and Rickles were performing and Rickles made a bunch of gay jokes at him. And after the show, Rickles came out and said, like, I just wanted to make sure you guys weren't hurt by that. I, it doesn't mean anything. I just I feel I'd feel bad if you went home feeling bad about this. And like, no, we thought it was funny. And this Great. And that. And yeah. So, That's yeah. weird. People with thick skin. I don't understand that. I know. Well, Rickles, Rickles was But then canceled. Rickles says, like, I make fun of the Italians. Not those Italians. Is it racist if I laugh at that joke? That joke was funny. No, he's talking about the mob. I know. I know. <laughs> it's not <I> racist. <laughs> and, and, um, and Gallo, like, kind of played a part in that. He did. Know? He, he did. Like, but Gallo was also nuts. He seemed nuts, too. He, <laughs> he was nuts. You a Jewish fella? Would you like to be? <laughs> Don't worry about the operation. We don't do that no more. We freeze it. Then you stand there and don't do anything, and a Mexican broad comes over with a wet rock. Swack! <laughs> See, it's okay to laugh. I make fun of everybody. That's why God put us on this earth, to laugh. I work everyone. I make fun of blacks. I make fun of Jews. I work gypsies. I work Italians. Well, not those Italians. No, 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 no. It's okay, Joe. I got the money. Oh, shoot. So the things I was complaining about were... Uh, 
the posture and the body language of De Niro just always felt off. Well, he's an old, I mean, in reality, he's an old man. There's a, I, right, and there's a montage of him throwing guns into the river and wherever, and it's, it's yeah. sort of a, it's laugh. It's it fun. is, it's yeah. supposed to be kind of amusing. But yeah. he throws it with this, like, underhand. Yeah, you're it's, it's like like Homer, an old man would like throw Homer it. Simpson's dad doing something. Yeah, it no. just it's very and and the the big scene that everybody's making fun of, and I don't want to pile on because it is what it is. But he curb stomps some poor bastard who hit his daughter at the grocery store. Yeah, or like a guy he, her, he like shoved her, or yelled or at whatever. Her so the daughter broke something in a grocery store. Uh, well, you know, on her own, she's what twelve. Yeah, she, it's Anna, if, it's, if that old, it's Anna Paquin's character. Yeah, a it's a uh, Peggy. Peggy and. Peggy. De Niro finds out, says, oh, I'm going to handle this. And he runs down to the to the grocery store and he beats the living daylights out of that guy, out of the shopkeeper, whatever. Right. But it's it's laughable to look at. It it's, looks like and, a feeble old man. And they like, pull back. So it's not like a close up. But yeah. yeah, I mean, here's I tweeted this earlier, but the movie Boyhood that Richard Linklater did a couple years ago, he's famously like. He filmed it over a period of like eight years. Yeah. So you see a kid genuinely age yeah. over that. And I kept thinking, though it's impossible for a million reasons, what if Scorsese had started filming this in like the 70s? I had such a good joke that it's not going to make any sense now. But but it was, you post that one about they didn't have that technology? Obviously, they didn't They didn't have the de-aging technology. But How would they possibly do it? That's not what I was talking I about was at all. That's the joke. I don't think it was much of a joke. Three people clicked like on that so you can. It was, those are pity likes. Those are my friends. Exactly. But anyway, imagine like a De Niro, like a taxi driver era De Niro and a Godfather era Pacino and Pesci when he was like, I think, singing in nightclubs or something. I think I think you're losing yourself in your your filmography here. Like, I think you're. Oh, yeah, because those are obscure movies. No, but I just like <laughs> you're you're like you're you're fanboying. For but some all reason. I'm saying is, imagine if you could instead of having de-aged this. Have the actual actors be young men aging into old men? I mean, nobody yeah. is going to film a movie over forty years. Plus, the book wasn't even written back then. So I, you know. I was thinking about this: would would it have worked better if you had cast young people and you digitally aged them up? Because oh they use physical makeup to make De Niro look old, and it it doesn't it looks worse than the the de aging. I, I think know. at the end when he's sitting in that chair that. That's less believable to me than most of the other DAs. I don't know. Stuff. I didn't. That that didn't bother me as much. I mean, sure. I don't know. I I'm mean, not going to throw a fit about it. Yeah, I just, it's. You know. I mean, it is what it is, and they did what they did. So the first time I watched it, I through the whole movie, I just I didn't care. I was just like, whatever. You know, I get that they're trying to age him up or downward, and I just I didn't. It registered that like, yeah, that's a little off, but I didn't care. But the second time or whatever, not I, again. I didn't get through it the yeah. whole thing twice. I, it was weirdly jarring the second See, the, time. I, I started the, to be able to nitpick more. I had the opposite. Because okay. the first time I was like, you know, taken aback a little. The second time I was like, okay, I'm used. To, I, th- now I know what it is. Yeah. So I was kind of. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So that, that I mean, I gotta say that's basically it. Uh, yeah, I mean, people who say it's slow or it's too long, I think they're wrong. I, I mean, mean, you know what? Those assholes can watch forty hours of some exactly episodic drama. Exactly. You know, on they HBO. can stream them. You watch Amazing Miss Maisel or seven something. Hours of- fucking game of thrones and then you're like three and a half oh my god kiss my ass dude watch it in two settings you're fine i I hate that argument and this movie is it works because it takes its time to show you these guys getting older and essentially de niro learning that his life was meaningless you know a thing that struck me uh i was very annoyed at first with the last 30 minutes 40 minutes where it's basically when he and pesci are old from the time pesci has the stroke on Mm -hmm. i was like 
what is going, just wrap it up, wrap the movie up. But the longer it went, it, I kind of realized this is the point of the movie. Right. This moment where he's picking out, so it ends with him, he literally picks out where he's going to die. Yeah. There's, it's like, I've never seen that. It's like a casket spot in a mausoleum. Well, he has all this talk about how he says, um, you know, he doesn't, it's not as permanent if you don't put him in the ground. Right. It's like, uh. But that's, it's pure rationalization. It's, right. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, um. I mean, his, his wife's dead. His kids won't talk to him. Right. Especially They show a couple short scenes and it's like. Yeah. They, I, I. I don't know if that those scenes especially worked, but it did very much feel final. Like yeah. that's she's never gonna talk. She's to never talked. I, I, as a person who doesn't speak to his parents, I got it. I was yeah. like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, Out of okay, Pesci, De Niro, and uh, Pacino all have acting Oscars. Can you know who else in this movie has an acting Oscar? Is it um um the dude from uh, Reservoir Dogs, uh, Harvey Keitel? No, I don't. I don't think Harvey's won one. The, re- uh, the reason I'm saying it is it, Anna Paquin won an Oscar. Hmm. When she was a little kid, she was in the piano. She won Best Supporting Actress. I've heard a lot of people complain, you know, you have her, and she she literally has seven words. I mean, she her, here's all her dialogue. And like four of them are the word why. It is why, why, why haven't you called Joe? That is all she says. Yeah. And people are like, for, they're saying like, that's terrible. Then they're saying, that's sexist, which is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> her silence says so much more it's it's especially contrasted to how much she liked uh, uh Hoffa. Hoffa, right yeah mm-hmm. I, I swear to god i want to call him jimmy mobster every time jimmy mobster <laughs> sorry <laughs> but yeah so i mean and and her you know her silence is what really crushes de niro and the last shot of de niro because he's in the old age home the he's talking to the priest the priest says you I'm know, going out on Christmas vacation yeah, with my Chris, family. And he's like, yeah. And he says like, and De Niro's like, is is it Christmas time? You know, and by the way, Sheeran died like, I think December 13th. So this is very near when he died. Yeah. But the last shot, he's asked the priest to leave the door open just a little bit. All right, Frank, I'm going to be back to visit. Okay, very soon. Probably after the, the Christmas holiday. Oh, oh, okay. Frank, uh, God bless you. You too. Thank you. It's Christmas. Almost. I go nowhere. Hey, father. Yep. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Don't shut the door all the way. I don't like that. Just leave it open a little bit. Oh, okay. You know? Did you get why? Well, what's your my ta- Jimmy Ho- uh, Jimmy Hoffa left his door open. There's like a notable thing where like they share. He shares the room with him because they don't want to have him have his own hotel registration. Right. They don't. They don't want Sheeran to have, show up because then they'll know Sheeran was there. No. Yeah, so yeah, no yeah. alibi. But he looks back and Hoffa keeps his door open. I thought it was. I mean, yeah, that's. I thought it might be partly that. Partly, I think it's just he doesn't want the world to close in on him at the very end. Yeah, and he's talking. Yeah, that's. Yeah. You know what? My my version is worse. <laughs> but no, but, you, but they do do, and the movie echoes itself. A lot. Yeah. But what this reminded me of is I read a biography of Frank Sinatra a few years ago, and you know Ooh. Frank Sinatra. Well, listen, smartass. <laughs> Frank Sinatra had as as huge a life as probably anyone in the 20th century. I mean, movies and fame and, and Vegas the and, and the politics mob and yeah and yeah. music and you know everything. And at the end of his life, he was an old man in a little room. And I read that book and it just killed me how small his life became. And it's the same thing with Sharon. At the end, it's just this small little man in a little room waiting to die. One of the things that I sh- that struck me about that concept was he still wore that big gaudy ring 
And I was in, and, and Pesci makes a point to say only three people in the world have this ring. And only one of them is not Italian. Right. And, mm-hmm. but the others, when the others are dead, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you wearing that ring for? Well, no. you see that like the, in the very first scene when he's packing his bags for the trip, you see the ring and you see that watch that he yeah. got for his, his Teamsters testimonial dinner yeah. thing, which yeah. is a big scene in the movie. That's where, you know, he's praised, but that's the, mo- the mob decides they got to kill Hoffa. And you know, all this I got and- for being as important as that scene was, I thought that scene wasn't that good. It no, was, I, liked I mean, the, it. The I thought plot, it mattered, but it wasn't like expertly filmed. I didn't, there's nothing about oh, it. Oh, I, I think thought- it, I thought the way it, it, it would have the stage and then it would have, you know, show the crowd. I, they, they I really to, liked they it. They cut to De Niro so many times, or not De Niro, I'm sorry, Hoffa. Hoffa. Uh, well, because the movie, the scene was all about Hoffa, not De Niro. Even, you know, all the people talked about Hoffa and not De Niro, really. It's just too, uh, okay. Yeah. That being, all right. So those are all my complaints. I think that's it. What do you, what, uh, you already said your favorite performance was, uh, Russell? Uh, yeah, Pesci. I yeah. thought he was just great. And I mean, when he was at the end, cause, you know, he's this powerful mobster and they, you know, they show again and again how like a word from him can have you killed or can save you. You know, he saves De Niro at one point. Kaitel's gonna kill him yeah. because he, Blew up part of this laundry. Well, he thought about blowing it. He didn't even do it. No, right, he was going to do it. And it was because he says, like, a bunch of Jew broads run it. And he's yeah. like, no, that's ours. So, yeah, that's mine. I, who, you know, <laughs> there is a, like a little weird who's on first sight wordplay yeah, there that like, actually worked really well. <laughs> it does. I was like, that's pretty funny. And it's, the movie does, it is funny in parts. Yeah. You know who wants a Cadillac linen service? Some Jews in the laundry business. That's what they told me. They own a part of it. Somebody else got an interest in that. You know? No. I do. Who? No, I do. I own the other part. Not I know somebody who owns the other part. Angel, I didn't know you had any part of it. I would never have done what I did if I knew you were involved. I didn't know. I would never, never do that against you. Whispers didn't tell you it was you, Mom. No, I said you wash your women. But then at the end when Pesci's in prison... And he's just like, he's so old, he can't stop shaking. He can't even eat bread. It echoes like a scene earlier when Nero and he first sort of sit down and they're eating this great bread in this Italian restaurant. And he can't even do that. Bread and grape juice at the end is like too much for him. It, um, that, for me, I d- you know how I don't like to see the insides of people? You know, I don't like violence. I don't like um, seeing Joe Pesci post-stroke, like affected me like oh, yeah it's I, supposed to i i only know a few people in my life who've had who i've, I've I, I, let me rephrase that i've only seen a few people in my entire life age you know like <laughs> you're like, watching me now billy that's in real time but i mean you know like my grandmother i was there at the end for her life not i actually missed the very end but i, I watched her you know what's regress i uh-huh. you know watching pesci's handshake and and yeah. you he was vibrant and healthy the scene before. Yeah. And to watch it switch was like a gut punch for me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it worked, I guess. When he I'm even saying. says at one point, is he saying it? How, because they're talking about Joseph Kennedy and he's like, he had, they're like, he's not doing, oh, it was maybe it's Hoffa and he says like, he's sick. And he's like, he had a stroke. That's not just sick and yeah. this and that. By the way, when the, the stuff with the Kennedy, when, uh, cause, um, Hoffa hated Kennedy because, Bobby Kennedy, who was attorney general, was really going after the Teamsters. Yeah. And so when Kennedy gets shot, Huffa has the flag that's at half mast on the Teamster building raised to full mast. It's yeah. like a screw you to the Kennedys. Yeah, I, I thought 
that seemed excessive. I wonder if it really happened. Yeah, it might have. I mean, you know, it's really just raising one flag. I watched the Kennedys miniseries a few years ago with um, Greg Kinnear <laughs> yeah, and Katie Holmes. This. No, it's good. It's better than you think. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's got to be better than I think because I don't think it could be good at well, all. It's a, it's a mini. It's only like four or five episodes. It's like four one hour things. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's but it. I got to say, that was my introduction. I mean, obviously, everybody knows Kennedy died, but you kind of learn about Bobby, and you learn about their upbringing, and you learn... It's like... Yeah. That family was... There were a lot of monsters. That dad was a monster. Yeah. And a gangster. Yeah. Joe Kennedy was a big gangster. Totally. They yeah. all were. I mean, I mean, I Bobby seemed pretty sweet. He Bobby like was a good dude. Here's what I... This is maybe in poor taste, but this is one thing I... I, I thought they were going to do it, and I was disappointed when they, did, when they didn't do it, is one of the things this movie does is when they introduce some gangster like there'll be like a little caption that comes up and it'd be like you know fat tony you know i think car he bomb. died in prison car bomb like yeah. you know so and so 1983 two shots in the head died or something and i honestly thought they would have robert kennedy two shots in the chest 1968 because uh, it seemed like they were going uh, to do it i bet they thought about it Oh, they should have done he was it. killed by a political dissident, Siran Siran. Siran According to the, you know, there's conspiracy theories. Yeah, of course say, there are. Everybody's but, uh, an idiot. But um, uh, I always thought Bobby Bobby Kennedy was like the, the Clint Howard to Ron Howard's like more handsome brother. You know, like Clint. Well, Bobby, Bobby Kennedy's a goofy looking. Dude. You know, if he hadn't been shot, he probably would have been elected. I agree. He would have beat Nixon, and yeah. that would have been. Think of how the world would have changed then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um. So characters, are there any? Do you want to talk any more about any of the characters? Um, how do you feel about like, I don't know, like he gets divorced and he marries the waitress from the Italian restaurant. Well, and they just, the I, yeah, I mean he did. And I, I like how offhandedly he did it. Yeah. He's like, like he you says, know, there's no good this, time to leave your wife, but this that's is when I left mine. This is when I left mine. And then, because we already see them married in the, you know, when they're on the trip, that's his wife. Yeah. And then, you yeah, know, because yeah, we had already met her in the future. And they had sort of established like Pesci's wife was powerful because her like family went back to the like birthplace of the mob right. in Italy. Because there's a scene they have. A, in, uh, this is what I like about Scorsese is he'll do a scene where he'll just do like a maybe 30 second flashback that'll kind of tell you more than, you know, like because the, they talk about his Quit. wife. Then they show just the scene of Buffalino coming home, obviously younger. Blood all over his shirt, and his wife is like, go upstairs, I'll get rid of those clothes. She says, don't forget your shoes. Like, yeah. That's the indicator. She, she's been there before. Yeah, she's been there before, and, you know, she kind of rules the roost yeah. on him. Yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino does that, too, but he usually does it for comic effect. Yeah. This like, is, he'll cut to a 30-second mm-hmm. interstitial thing, and then it, you know. Right. Um, um, I was just trying to think of other relevant actors in the movie. Um, I, I did. I got to say, uh, little little Tony. What the, I can't remember anybody's name now. Tony Pro. Tony Pro. That guy kicked ass. He's great. He's great. He's a British actor. Oh, I had no Stephen idea. Graham. And um, yeah, he is great. He's the guy that he and Bobby Kennedy, not Bobby Kennedy, Jimmy Hoffa hate each other. Yeah. Partly because he's Italian and Hoffa is German Irish, maybe not Italian though, because he, he pisses them off when he says you people. He's Jimmy Hoffa's super racist about it and just refuses to apologize yeah. for anything. And then it just keeps going and yeah. going and going. But um Stephen Graham on the TV show Boardwalk Empire, another gangster movie with Martin Scorsese producing, he played Capone and he was 
incredible as hmm. Capone. There's one scene when like everything's going sort of bad for our hero, who is also a gangster, and Capone shows up like kind of to save the day, and he goes, my men are going to take a nap, we're going to have something to eat, and then I'm going to talk about who dies. And it's like you like <laughs> jump off your couch and like, go get him, Al. I didn't know this is the first time you've ever said that. I didn't know you watched that show. I love that show. I heard it was kind of boring, like a little underwhelming. Uh, Not terrible. No. But like, but just- the, there were parts that were kind of like, eh. At the end, it kind of slagged. But when it was good, yeah. it was incredible. And the, the scene at the end when Capone gets sent to prison and his son was deaf. I mean, in real life, he was. And it's just the scene with him and his son was so touching. Yeah. You know, horrible gangster who you've seen kill dozens of people. But yeah, but yeah Stephen Graham life is great. normalized and in their life. Yeah, that makes sense. And he gets all pissed at Hoffa because Hoffa's pension is not lost and his is, lo- you know, and Hoffa's being a dick to him. And I was just eating my ice cream. I just want to eat my ice cream in peace. And then you've got, um, what's his name? The, uh, the guy's in, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Is his, uh, half his, it's his foster kid, I guess. So, Jesse Plemons, I first saw him in Friday Night Lights. I know. That's what everyone says. Yeah. Which I didn't see. And he's like the charming, like, little dumb, but really nice best friend sidekick. Somebody described him as, <laughs> tell me this isn't I genius. think I know where this is going. This is a Matt Damon joke. Philip Seymour Damon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. I accept. <laughs> but I like him. He's yeah, cool. I've heard uh, Matt Damon's less attractive younger brother. Um, he was in season two of the TV show Fargo that's based on the movie Fargo, and he was great. He I mean, is cold. He is terrifying in Breaking Bad. Um, like, I didn't even know he was in Breaking Bad. He's in it for two and a half seasons. Um, he's a gateway drug to a larger villain. Mm-hmm. He's sort of, you meet him and you think he's nice, and then he turns it. He It's terrifying. He is terrifying with his niceness matched with the actions he's willing to commit. And There's a sociopathic... Uh, Break. He's also. Sorry to keep talking about him so much. No, he's also. Um, he's good. I mean, he's, he's a funny actor in Ma- uh, Black Mirror. That's right. He's on yeah. the Star Trek spoof. He's, yeah, that's yeah. right. I he's completely just, forgot. He's really funny good. and chilling. A yeah, little on that he's one too. Great. He's, he's he's a good actor. Uh, but I gotta say, he gained all this weight for a movie that is not good. Uh, Black Mass. He plays a character in Black Mass that I did. Is that I, the the Johnny Depp, Depp? Johnny Depp. It's the I forget. Departed I guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's that guy's name? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Sorry, mobster. Uh, but apparently, he gained like a lot of weight, like the Christian, like the reverse Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Christian Bale's done it both ways. But that was like two and a half years ago, and, and he still, he still. I don't like, think he was ever that. Maybe when he was young, he was that. Oh, thin. he's really fit in Breaking Bad. Like it, oh, like because on ago. Fargo, he's not that thin. Here, he's not that thin. Yeah, he well, he was muscular. Anyway, oh, okay. what a ridiculous thing to talk about. But it's it's weird when I see him. You know, like you're you're not supposed to see. The actor, you're supposed sure. to see the character. I only see the actor because I it's like I've got a history with this guy. Like, yeah. Well, the, and when you don't see him in a lot of things, you kind of you know, you you lock on to that. As a dude who's not what I was at 24, it's hard to uh criticize. Dude, none of us are what we are at 24. You know, speaking look, of real look at your goddamn hair, you're the same age. You look the same. I do have that hair. You and Daniel Craig, ageless. He is not well, we won't get into this, but no way. Um one one little thing, you know, where I meant to mention this when we were doing the JFK stuff. There's the scene, and pardon the word I'm going to use, but when Pesci send or when uh Buffalino sends Sheeran down t- to do some stuff that leads to the Bay of Pigs invasion and all that, he says, I'm gonna send you to meet a fairy named Fairy. 
Oh, and he meets right. the weird looking guy with the hair. Yeah, with it's the, this guy named David Ferry who was the ears. Is that the ears? No, or? that's Howard Hunt who was in Watergate. Sorry, sorry. Whose name we heard during the All the President's Men. This is the guy that meets him at the truck. He's got like weird eyebrows and like red hair. He's like a really weird looking yeah, dude. Yeah, but you only see him for like a minute. Right, but he, but here's the little funny thing is um, Pesci's the one who sends him down to meet him. In the movie JFK, Pesci played David Ferry. Oh, that's funny. And he was nuts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Of course he was. Of course, of course. And then um, the woman, and I'm trying to find the name of the actress. This is one of those huge cast movies. It is giant. But the woman who played um, Hoffa's wife, Joe Hoffa, for any uh, you Goodfellas fans, she was the girl who at the end was supposed to smuggle the drugs for Ray Liotta, and she got all annoying and like, well, I need to get my lucky hat and this Walker and that. White. Hmm? Wel- Walker White. Walker White is... Welker. Welker. Welker White plays Josephine Hoffa. Yeah. But it's nice to see her back, because I'm like, oh my god, it's the young kid from Goodfellas. Now she's like kind of a semi-old woman, which reminds you how long ago Goodfellas came out. How did you feel about the way this movie looked? Um, it, with, with Let me... Mine's short. I thought it was fine. There weren't that many scenes where I was blown, where I was like, holy crap. But that being said, I bet on my third, fourth, fifth watch down the road, I'll go, wow, there's a couple things. I but, liked it. And that... I mean, you know, Scorsese's known for flashy editing in this net, which is really in here. But I was the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, that guy knows how to compose a shot. Sure. I mean, like just simple shots of cars or like buildings or the way he would stage some of the the murders when it was just De Niro going up to people, shooting him in the face, no cuts, just a straight shot, boom, boom, and then walking away. Like when he killed that guy in in Manhattan. Um, Who's Jack Gallo? Yeah, Gallo. Or yeah. even when he just walked up when he went to uh, what was the guy's name? Um, the guy who tried to uh, whispers. Remember, because he's like whispers. The no, other the whispers. other whispers. <laughs> even always say that. No, the other whispers. But then he just shoots him in the face and yeah. walks on. Yeah. And I mean, it's just so simple. And the the one scene that really sort of struck me as visually interesting was, and again, it's just a quick thing. But when they introduce uh, Crazy Joe Gallo. And they show the African-American guy shoot the guy at the Italian-American civil liberties, whatever it is, civil yeah. union or something. And then they show like the everyone grabbing at him. And it's like so tense. It almost looked to me, it's in very slow motion, it almost looked to me like a painting. Sure. Like, in, like an old I don't know, Renaissance painting. but like Jack Ruby. Um, well, like the, the, in the, mic- oh, that uh, shot. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's like the chaos and it's really close quarters. Yeah. Something like that. Cause yeah, yeah you see that moment frozen in time. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. How about music? I noticed that Scorsese took it easy on the music. This movie. Well, there was no, uh, gimme shelter in it, yeah. which was, uh, <laughs> first I wanted, there's no Foo Fighters just popping up. There was this, the, again, the, the one song and I don't know what it is. It was instrumental, but it's. There was, it played like sort of through a, a long section of the movie, and it really worked. But I mean, I can't really pick out. There's the chill of the night. That's the song in the chill. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the one that I sort of walked out humming. But yeah, but um, they took it easy. As also, I'm saying, like the, yeah. the usual Scorsese approach is just to hammer you with. Right. I mean, and yeah, Goodfellas is like. I mean, that last section with Ray Liotta when he's high on coke is just like hit song after, and it yeah. works. Yeah. But yeah. here, which is a more laid back movie a more reflective movie and i think the, the music that does pop up exists the same way the cars exist it's there to show you what time it Probably, is yeah they, you know and it's you know this is a movie of old men they're not gonna be listening to crazy rock and roll Shit, and stuff. i meant to bring this point up earlier and i got my i let myself talk about something else but um do you think it if it were me 
I would have cast young people and then used the digital tech to age them up because that's what they do like in the Avengers. Right. And it works. Like old Cap and looks pretty old. It, but I, here's here's why I think they didn't do that. Well, because he's got a trust with these actors. He wanted those actors. Right. Right. So, I mean. He wanted Pacino specifically. Yeah. There's no perfect solution. And I, I mean. Yeah. You know, it is, it is what it is. It's like they, it like feels, they told Hoffa, it is what it is. It feels to me like a young man can act like an old man badly. He might not succeed, but he's got the physical capability of acting like an old man. We saw an old man can't act like well, a young man because his body doesn't work that way anymore. Right. And I think, I think what, I mean, I'm sure at some point they decided, they're going to have to make some choices. He wanted De Niro in all it's, the it's scenes. Like he wanted Sleep. Pesci. It's he like how those. they recast Doctor Sleep. They're like, well, look, we're not going to we're not going to try to digitally redo Jack Torrance. We're not going to read. You know, we're just going to recast it and live with it. And that's that's what we want to do. This is just the choice they made. Yeah, it's, it's a choice. We want and there were a, two quick things I wanted that referred to other Scorsese movies that I noticed. One is, um, yeah, you were excited. Tell me, you were very excited. I about just, this. I mean, this is no brainstorm but i just thought it was interesting there's a when they first talk about uh um joe gallo crazy joe and eventually they cut to inside when um rickles is performing they're outside the copa and there's a legendary shot in goodfellas when henry takes his lorraine to the copa and they go through the back but i mean it's just here's the copa but that's you know. that's the same okay yeah. yeah and then the other one was that's kind of cool yeah and and they, when, uh, i want to interrupt you i'm sorry interrupt this movie starts with that same trick it's a very long single take down the retirement home halls and it pans and it turns and it's like and it does cut pretty quick it doesn't try to be flashy but i did like that the movie was filled with like little like hey just so you know scorsese's directed this yeah well there's a scene when they're at the barber shop they're going to kill somebody and then you follow out of the barber shop and then you kind of double back to the killers and go head back toward the barber shop that one scene. But the other scene that echoes the movie is um when De Niro is explaining what kind of gun he's going to use to kill Joey Gallo. And he's like, you can't use a, you know, 45. I like that scene a lot. A, right. And he's laying out the guns and eventually he's putting them aside. It's, it's very taxi it's driver. Taxi driver yeah. when they, but instead of him, you know, it, which also has De Niro in it, of yeah, course. Yeah. But he's quietly buying the guns. The manic salesman is trying to sell them. And here it's, he's, he's explaining... You know, I love those little insights. Like, you want to take two guns. You got to shoot the bodyguard, but you got an argument with him. Just shoot him in the leg. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, don't shoot, don't shoot him in the face. Right. And no then he's reason. like, the bathroom, you know, go to the bathroom, check it out. Or you might just have to go to the bathroom so you're more comfortable. Me, I went early. <laughs> it's just all this little. I, it worked. And the scene at the end with Jesse Plemons, when they, they're taking, you know, he doesn't know it, but they're going to kill Hoffa. They're taking Hoffa from this meeting place he knew about to a house where Sheeran is going to shoot him. They're in the car, and the other guy is because Jesse Plemons said he had fish in the car. He's like, "What kind of fish?" He's like, "I don't know what kind of fish." He's like, "What? Did you say give me fish? What kind of fish? What? What kind of fish? I don't know the kind you eat a fish, but you don't know what kind. No, I don't." Where'd you get it? What the fuck? At a, at a fish place. Was she just go in there and say, give me a fish? Pretty much, yeah. He didn't say, you want a salmon? You want a haddock? You want a, a fucking cod? What the fuck does it matter what kind of fish it was? 
Why are you so concerned about this I'm fish? just trying to understand how... Does it... How a person can buy a fish and not know what kind it was. There was a fish waiting for me there. didn't ask what kind of fish it was I'm sorry so what's interesting about that is I is it I think it's intentionally ambiguous like was the foster kid like involved no well they said he as uh, I wrote down this quote because um he actually said because because Sharon is talking about all the ways all the people who eventually went to jail after that and yeah he, he said um, for all the reasons yeah and he said he was involved he was in it, but stupidly. Meaning, I think he just knew they were taking him to this meeting. I don't think he knew he was going to be killed there. Yeah. Because they pull out and drive away, and then De Niro kills him. But but the idea, when he keep the, the other mobster, the fast-talking mobster, keeps telling him, like, what do you mean you don't know what fish it is? What how, you ever He's like, I've never fished. It felt like Plemons was trying to think of an excuse. It felt like he was covering no, I don't. I think he would. Know. I think that would just a little comic relief thrown okay, in there. And sure. I also, I like the line too. Um, this is just reminded. I was looking through my notes. Hoffa's death when they're building up to like the mobs getting more and more pissed at him, and De Niro's like, you know, and Pesci without saying it says, you know, he's going to get killed, and um, and De Niro's like, oh, they couldn't do that, and then Pesci, all he says is. If they can whack a president, they can whack the president of a union. Yeah. And there's always theories that the mob killed Kennedy. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But but it's, you know, they bring all that stuff in. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm about running out of steam here. Do you have yeah. any final thoughts on this movie? I mean, I, you know, I was, I had heard, I had read a lot about the computer stuff and people complaining about how long it was. So when I sat down to watch it, even though I'm a huge Scorsese fan, I wasn't really that, I mean, I was like, oh, this will be pretty good, but I wasn't that excited. And I really loved it. Did you see his last one? Silence? Yeah. I didn't see it. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Like, not, I'm not calling you no, out. No, I like, mean. Why didn't you see it? I've never know. even heard of it. I didn't yeah, know I, there was another you one. You know, it, and I mean, I would like to, you know, it just, it, to be honest, it didn't sound that appealing to me. Okay. But I will say this. Not long ago, I rewatched After Hours, which is a 1980 dark comedy he made, or early 80s. Yeah. And I was blown away by it again. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love Scorsese. Maybe that's a thing we ought to do. We ought to sit down and watch Silence sometime. We could. It's, I mean, it's slow and it's serious. Did you ever it's, watch Shutter Island? I did. Yeah. I watched Shutter Island, which I was, I was okay with. I wasn't blown away by it. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it, it's like a more standard thriller. Yeah, it's, like Departed is kind of. I like Departed more and more. Yeah, but it's it's not this kind of movie no, at all. No. It feels like, um, like a I was gonna say a popcorn version of this movie. It is, but it, that's it's, it's like a popcorn version of Goodfellas. Kind yeah, of. yeah, it's it's more fun. The the one thing in that movie that uh, has stuck with me forever is the idea that the f- lead female actress Vera Farmiga gets pregnant. But it's made clear that Matt Damon can't get her pregnant. Right. Which means it's definitely Leo's baby. Yeah. But it's just under the surface and doesn't matter and it's not a thing to think about. There's there's like that one scene where she's like, it happens to every guy. Yeah. And then like two scenes later, she's pregnant and you're like, oh, it's definitely not his. Yeah. Anyway. It's some, you know, it's Scorsese's, it's Scorsese loves old gangster movies from the 30s. I mean, this is his wanting to make a, a popcorn gangster movie. It's a remake of a Co- Korean movie or Japanese. Yeah, I think Hong it's Kong Korean. movie. I think, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. It might be Hong Kong. Infernal but. Affairs. I think it's Hong Kong. Um, but Infernal inter- Affairs. Internal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. You sure? I'm positive. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> 
Internal Affairs is a movie with Richard Gere. That's actually pretty good from the early 90s. <laughs> so I think it's pretty good. I think um, it's interesting how much buzz and hype and like this movie's a talker. It's good. I'm glad. Yeah. It's nice to see Scorsese, who is, you know, I mean, I, he's got other movies in him. But let's face it. He's moving toward the twilight of his career. Yeah, he's 80? I think he's in his late 70s, maybe. Okay. I mean, but all that. But I'm it's not nice to it see long. everyone talking about it. And. I'm guessing you probably have Netflix, as everyone does. Or you have a friend's Netflix. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. It's it's sitting right there. You can, uh, I I was able to acquire this movie on the on mm-hmm. the internet, too. It's pretty easy to get a hold of, so. Well, it's you, already for free. What do you care? It's not free. Do you think Netflix is hurting? No, but. All right. If people don't watch it on Netflix, then Scorsese might not get to make another movie. I'm glad I watched. Oh, yeah. Scorsese's really hurting to run it. Okay. Well, you know what he said, though? He had a quote that said they could not make this. No studio would make this movie. That's because it cost $150 million. No, he said even this kind of movie, he said he couldn't get a studio to make it. with. Even if they just focused on the old guys, they, the studios didn't want to do it. I don't I don't know if I buy that. Somebody would have financed it. They would have figured it out. Whether whether like Wolf of Wall Street used like illegal funds from some kind. Yeah, there's a whole thing. We'll talk about that later. But Okay, well. Okay. The Irishman. The Irishman. Watch Find it, it on people. Netflix. It's 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 a good sit down, and even I think even if you have to break it in half, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, normally I'm against that, but let's be honest, it's, it's three and a half hours long. Really long. You can break it after Kennedy gets killed or something. Yeah, there you is, go. But don't break it into like ten parts because because okay. it works cumulatively. What are we watching next week? Next week, we've already announced it. Actually, yeah, but. we we threw it. We called an audible for Irishman. We're gonna watch 1999's American Beauty. Will's favorite movie ever. It is not my favorite movie ever, but it won the Oscar. <laughs> it did. That year. And okay. In, in, in arguably one of the best years of movies of my life since I was born, this is the movie that took home the cheese. So we will see how it holds up. And that's literally why we're watching it. Mm-hmm. Let's take a review. It's, I think I said this last week, but when I was young, this was the movie I used to say, this is my favorite movie. Really? Uh, spoiler alert, I was wrong. Interesting. And now I'm very intrigued. Okay. And with that, we'll see you next week. We will miss you all. Watch The Irishman, (laughs) most of all. (laughs) 